and welcome back to the Ben Motorcycle Adventures podcast, your hub for everything off-road, dual sport, and adventure motorcycle. My name is John, I'll be your host, and here we are, episode number six of our podcast. Just want to thank you guys. Love to see all those reviews on iTunes, and again, you can catch us on iTunes, you can catch us on Stitcher, you can catch us on Google Play Music, and all of the all of the podcasts are available on our website, www.benmotorcycleadventures.com. Really stoked about the guest we have on tonight, Mr. Garrett Ortiz, advlight.com, your go-to page for lightweight dual sport adventure builds, gear info, product reviews, tutorials, and ride reports. Again, that is advlight.com. Go check out the website. A lot of good information, a lot of cool stuff on there. Garrett also helps to manage a very large Facebook group for SoCal dual sport riders. If you live in SoCal, if you're a dual sport guy, you probably need to check that Facebook group out. They can point you in the right direction for a great ride. They can help you out with your bike problems. Whatever the case may be, check them out. Now, the focus of our interview tonight with Garrett was really uh, really centered around the famous L.A. to Barstow to Las Vegas ride. I believe this was the 35th year running this particular event. Garrett himself has been a number of times, so he provides a lot of insight, tips, and, and we just get to hear about his experience on this particular adventure. So I think without further ado, I'm going to cut away to our interview. And again, I thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, so I figured tonight we'd talk about um, LA to Barstow to Vegas. And if you want to uh, talk about your website, AdventureLight, or anything like that, definitely go through that or whatever you want to chat about. But I know there's a lot of people out there like me that wish they would have went to the ride this year. So, and uh, Have you done it? Have you I've done ne- it before? I've never done it, and I could have did it this year, and I just opted to sit home. So that was the stupidest thing I ever did, but... Yeah, it's uh I mean it's a good it's a good time. I mean, you you want to definitely try and get some buddies together to do it with. Um it makes it more more enjoyable, I think. Um because you get to share those stories that come out of it. Um but uh yeah, you got to do it at least once. It was on my bucket list to do and I did it my first time in 2017. Okay. And uh, it was uh it was it was great. And then that, uh, this year it was even better because um, more more buddies did it, uh, and you know you just have endless stories to tell about the 500 mile journey across the Mojave Desert. Can't doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> yeah, no, most of us up here have never been down in the Mojave, and like I said, we had the luxury of of seeing people ride it on social media and, and wish we had gone. I'm sure, it would have been a lot better with rain, but uh, yeah, you, you said it was 500 miles. Yeah, it's about five hundred. Uh, if you do, if you do all the hard routes, it's it comes about to five hundred miles. Okay. Now it's so, over two days. So um, your first day is about two hundred and ten miles. Uh, your second day uh, is like uh, two hundred and eighty. Two hundred. Okay. Two hundred. Two hundred seventy, something like that. Um. But uh, I mean, it's it's definitely a, an, an you know you gotta you gotta keep moving. Um, if you don't keep moving, it's gonna get dark on you, and then it's gonna really suck. Especially if you don't have like a lot of time set up or something. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's a short time of the year, and I don't care where you're riding. That's, you know, 280. That's that's a long day on the bike, so yep. not, a, not a lot of time to stop and take photos and stuff. No, definitely not. So, obviously, the ride is in the Mojave, but, you know, for those of us, for those of us who've never been down there and done the ride, what what should we expect from, you know, the type of terrain we might see on this ride? So, there's a good mix of everything, actually. Um it's the desert, so there's a lot of sand. There's, you know, just top sand in some sections. Then there's the deep, deep sand. Um, there's sand washes that go on for 11 miles of the deepest sand you'll probably ever see in your life. Um, and then there's, uh, on the second day, there's uh, some canyon uh, riding where you're, you're going up to about 6,000 feet. Um, you start down in the lower desert maybe around a thousand feet or so and then you climb up to six thousand hitting you know uh washes uh boulder you know boulder fields um and in some sections it's kind of like a hard enduro (laughs) um and uh it's just it's kind of a mix of everything which is the the cool part so right on um I was curious, you know, if if you were kind of a beginner or entry level dual sport rider, do you think uh, you know that level or that school of rider could could make it easily? Um, that's a complicated question. Uh, I mean, by uh, you know beginner level dual sport rider, I mean, do they have experience riding in sand? Yeah, maybe that's. It might be too broad of a question, but yeah, because I mean, um, depending on depending on the rider, I mean, if if they're comfortable riding in um, deep sand, I mean, it's deep, uh, then yes, that's fine, um, they'll do okay. Uh, the hardest part about the ride is is probably the in the on the easy route. It's probably just the deep sand that's the hardest part of the ride. Um, and on the uh, hard routes, uh, the hardest part of the ride is is probably um, uh, Red Rock Canyon or Last Chance Canyon, and uh, those are Red Rock Canyons mostly like rocks and boulders and such. Um, Last Chance Canyon is a mixture of really deep sand washes and boulders that are in the middle of the sand wash. Uh, nice. and then some, some waterfalls that you have to climb up, uh, in, in last chance Canyon. But I mean, overall, I mean, if, uh, you're, uh, if you've been riding dual sport for a couple of years and, and you're confident with your sand ability, then I think you'll be, you'll be just fine. Okay. Uh, how much pavement's on the route? So I would say pavement is less than five to ten percent, like oh, around five percent. Okay. Yeah, it's not very much. Um, the only pavement you really hit uh, is at the beginning. There's maybe about five or five to ten miles of pavement, and then um, once you uh, head into Barstow on the first day. Uh, you hit pavement for like maybe five miles into Barstow. And then in the morning when you leave on the second day, uh, 
you hit about maybe 10 miles of pavement. Um, and then at the end of the ride, it's about another five, 10 miles of pavement you hit. So yeah, probably like 10% of the ride is uh, pavement. Yeah. That's pretty good. Really? Yeah. Uh, so, um, just curious, you know, the, the, the name of the ride is obviously LA to Barca to Vegas. Do you start at a hotel or is there a staging area or somewhere where you kind of get things underway? Yeah. Great. Uh, good question. Um, so for those listening that, uh, that aren't aware of how LA Barca to Vegas started, it was actually a race. Um, and I, th- I think it's the race started back in the sixties. Um, and you, you used to race from Barstow to Vegas. Uh, but you know, then politics start getting into things and they shut the race down. Um, and then they made it an organized dual sport ride. But, uh, going, going back to your question, um, it starts in, at Palmdale in Palmdale, California, which is in LA County. Uh, it's about Palmdale's about I don't know 35 miles north of LA, and it's in the it's in the high desert. Uh, it starts at Palmdale Supercycles uh, dealership in Palmdale, and uh, then you ride to Barstow on the first to the first on the first day, and uh, that's where you end up on the first day. Um, you stay the night in Barstow. Uh, and then you wake up early in the morning on Saturday and uh, then head to Vegas. So it's a two-day ride, um, and so it's, it's fun, like I said. Okay. So from what I gather, it looks like you have the luxury of, of possibly having your gear transported to Barstow and then to Vegas. Is that correct? It is, um, and that's included in the fee uh, when you sign up. Uh, however, uh, one of my, one of my buddies that I ride with, his son actually chases, is in his, and is in his truck and chases us and he carries gas and, um, and all of our gear and such. So he transports, transports it all for us. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're just coming out to do it yourself and you don't have a chase truck, uh, they will transport it for you. Okay. That brings up a good question for me. I'm usually limited to about 200 miles on a tank and without packing gas, is there gas along the route if I come down and ride it solo or something? Yeah, so um, there's gas. The longest uh, distance between gas stops, if you're doing the hard route, is anywhere between 90 and 100 miles. Um, okay. the, longest, the longest distance for the easy, easy route is, I think, around 60 to 70 miles. It depends on the year. They change it up every year, but uh, on average. Um, so there's always gas stops. I mean, my bike, uh, Beta 500, gets about a little over 100 miles per tank. I have a three-gallon tank. Um, and But, you know, some people can get much, much farther. Some of the adventure bikes, obviously. Okay. Sounds like it's set up to where we can pretty much bring any dual sport for the most part and not have an yeah. issue making it point to point. Yeah. So what's the layover like in Barstow? Is it just a big, big uh, party with yeah. of motorcycle riders or what? <laughs> yeah. So um, when you, when you roll into Barstow, uh, we rolled in 
on the first day at about I think it was three thirty or so. Um, we ended up we left Palmdale at about seven thirty. So from seven thirty to to three thirty, that was our day. Um, when you roll into Barstow, though, it's it's pretty cool. Um, if you've ever been to like a Supercross race or something like that, you know how you're on the you're on the you hear the bikes on the starting line and everyone's revving up and getting ready to go. Well, when you're arriving in Barstow, it's kind of the same thing. Everyone's like super excited to be there um, because the day's over. Uh, <laughs> not that. Not just because people are exhausted and you know they're just pumped to be there, sure. um, and so everyone's revving their bikes up and and stuff. And then you go through uh, along the route each day. There's checkpoints that you have to hit, and uh, the organizers mark down uh, your number that's on the front of your bike uh, once you get to a checkpoint, so that you know no riders left behind, and so they know who's still out on the trail. Um, so when you get to Barstow, they do that as well to make sure they close you out for the day. Um, and then you go through this little like tent type thing, they sign you off and then they have you go pick up your GPS coordinates, uh, or tracks for, uh, the next day. And then you pick up your roll chart too. Um, and then everyone kind of does their own things. You know, some people hang out, uh, get some beers, uh, other people go out and get dinner and, uh, then call it an early night like I did. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's actually, um, there's mechanics that are in the, uh, in the parking lot of the Ramada Inn. That's the hotel that, um, it takes place at. And, uh, that way, if anyone has any issues with their bikes, the mechanics are able to work on them there. Um, tire issues. Um, my buddy had his tire actually blow out. And so he was able to buy a new tire um, and have it mounted right there. Um, the vendors that were helping out, uh, which <laughs> sounds is like cool. <laughs> sounds like my kind of ride. Yeah, it's really really cool. Okay. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. The the Ramada Inn, the situation with Lane over in Barstow, that's not included in the price, right? You would need to reserve your own room. Yes. Yeah. You. Uh, you need a book early too. Um, that the group uh, buy room rates like ninety nine dollars for the night on Friday night, um, and uh, you reserve your room. A lot of people reserve their room uh, for the next year, the day after they arrive in Barstow, um, just so they have a spot. I mean, the rooms fill up really quick, uh, so. It's Barstow too. I don't know if you've ever been to Barstow before, but it's kind of a sketchy area. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So um, when you arrive uh, on on Friday evening or Friday afternoon, um, you put your there's a place that everyone keeps their bikes, and the Boy Scouts actually watch your bikes overnight. Um, you give them a small donation of like ten bucks. And they watch your, they watch all the bikes, um, and you'll you'll see a. I have a picture I posted on ADV Light um, Instagram that shows that, so everyone kind of get a feel for it. But um, there's literally 600 bikes in this dirt lot, and the the Boy Scouts stay up all night watching the bikes to make sure no one no one takes them. <laughs> That's very cool. Which, which brings me to my next thing. Now this isn't just a, it's just not just a dual sport ride because we want to go out there and ride. This is for a good cause too, right? Yeah. Um, so Toys for Tots uh, is what a lot of the uh, 
well, basically each writer either has to donate $10 to go towards the Toys for Tots or they have to bring a toy that's $10 or more. Um, and so those all get, at the end of the ride, uh, the check and then any toys are given to the Toys for Tots Foundation. Interesting. Any idea how much uh, was donated this year by any chance? Yeah, it was, uh, I think, <clears throat> I want to say it was like six grand. Oh wow! Okay. In cash, and then there was a bunch of a bunch of toys. Um, so it was a it was a decent amount. That's really good. Killer event with a good cause behind it. Love to hear about that. Yeah. Uh, that last day, riding into Vegas, is there any sort of closing ceremony or anything like that on day two? Yeah. So um, coming into Vegas is even better than than going into Barstow <laughs> uh, because. The second the second day it just kicks your ass. Um, it's uh, it's pretty brutal. I mean, you're there's sections on the second day, um, in the first part of the second day where which are really rocky. Um, if you're doing the hard section, there's uh, you go you go through a canyon and there's you've probably seen some videos. You're going through uh, like big waterfall step ups and um, some hard enduro stuff there. Uh, and then as you make your way, uh, towards Vegas, um, there's some really fast, wide open sections. I mean, there's sections where I was, I was probably hitting close to 70, um, in the sand washes. Uh, it was, it's so much fun too. <laughs> uh, and then you get past that section, your next, your big stop on the first day, um, is you start in Barstow and then you ride 90 miles to Baker. And some people might be familiar with uh, Baker because it has that big thermometer. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's the world's tallest thermo- thermometer. Uh, and uh, yeah. And uh, so you stop, that's one of the checkpoint areas um, between Barstow and Baker. I mean, there's so many different types of terrain, rocks, deep sand, sand washes that you'll never uh, ever experience as far as deepness of sand. Um, I mean, and it goes on for miles. Uh, and then you have uh, some just regular desert roads that are all chewed up by the the side-by-sides, if you're familiar with what those are. Oh, yeah, um, we've done around here. Yeah, they just tear up the desert. And um then you, you're in you're into Baker. You we take a, usually about a thirty minute break in Baker, get gas, and then we um, head out from Baker to Sandy Valley, Nevada. Um, and then that's where uh, you eat lunch. Uh, at uh, it's actually at the elementary school there. It's a tiny little town, um, and uh, the the lunch is all provided for with your um, with your entrance fee. Uh, they had, uh, like, yeah, they had a uh, pulled pork, I think, sandwiches, cookies, and like macaroni salad. It's pretty good. Um, when you get into Sandy, when you get into that area or to that school, um, there's a play, there's actually a tanker truck uh, to fill up your bike with about a gallon and a half of gas, um, and that gallon and a half of gas is supposed to get you the rest of the way to Vegas, um, and that's all included in your fee as well um and then once you go to park your bike to eat right before you park your bike 
there's uh, firefighter volunteers that are rinsing off your wheels and fenders um, because they don't want any of the uh, the seeds from California, the invasive species, sure. uh, coming into uh, Nevada, into Red Rock Canyon. Um, and so they rinse your bike off with a hose and then you go ahead and eat lunch for about 30 minutes and then you're on your last leg from Sandy Valley. Uh, if you take the hard route, you go through Red Rock um, and then into Vegas. Okay. And closing ceremonies there or anything like that? Yeah. Or? yeah. So um, once you get in, uh, once you get out of uh, Red Rock uh, Canyon, um, you take pavement for about 10 miles and that's where all of the hooligan stuff really starts happening because <laughs> uh, everyone's on everyone's on pavement you know you're pumped because you're almost to, to vegas um me and my other buddy were busting wheelies down tropicana avenue um nice. probably shouldn't have been but it was just it's just a, it's just a fun fun time um so we get into uh it's the orleans that's where you end at the orleans okay. hotel and uh they, it's in the parking garage. They have one of those uh, tents that you go through. They check your number. They check you off that you showed up. And then uh, you go and take a picture with the showgirls um, with your bike, which is kind of fun. Um, and uh, after that, uh, around 630, uh, they have a uh, closing ceremonies uh, banquet type thing. And uh, they do raffles. um based off your rider number and then also you have the opportunity to purchase raffle tickets and they have so much cool stuff um i mean they have everything from brake rotors to you know icon gear suits um all the good stuff uh so they they do a really good job um getting a lot of the sponsors together to help uh provide some good stuff for all of the the riders that's cool sounds like a really nice way to close out an otherwise epic event so good yep. to hear uh you know last question for me as far as la to barso to vegas for those of us who've never been you know what are your thoughts what are your tips recommendations you know for setting up your bike or or just coming down and being prepared for this ride yeah so um the biggest thing is just make sure you know how to ride sand <laughs> <laughs> um, because uh you wouldn't i mean Everyone thinks, oh, it's just a regular dual sport ride, you know, and no big deal. It's not. I mean, it's not It's not a difficult ride if you know how to ride a bike um, by any means, but it's, it's something that people underestimate how deep sand can actually get, and it can come up and bite you sometimes. So um, I would say know how to ride sand. Um, you know, make sure you have whatever you need to fix any type of flats, um, I run tubeless. I recommend tubeless um, because even if you do get a flat, you can just plug it. Um, and then you have really good traction in the sand too at lower pressures. Um, saddlebags. Um, I personally run the giant Lou Mojave saddlebags, um, but you want to make sure you have, you know, all your necessary tools. I, I have my beta toolkit that I got with my bike and then, um, I carry a tube just in case, you know, my tubeless was to fail. Um, and then, you know, a few other things, zip ties, uh, first aid kit, um, all that good stuff in the saddlebags. And then I always, 
uh, keep a couple canisters of fuel uh, in my giant loop possibles pouch just because you never know if you're going to run into somebody that ran out of gas or if you run out of gas yourself. If you get lost, you never know when you might need a little extra fuel. Um, it doesn't it doesn't weigh very much. There are only like 30-ounce canisters, and I have two of them. Um, and, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. You do need uh, a roll chart holder. Okay. Um, okay. If, you, if you've never used a roll chart before, it's pretty easy to, pretty easy to use. Um, and then I recommend having a GPS. Um, I run, well, my beta came with a Voyager GPS. And so I use that. Um, but any Garmin or anything like that, um, and the GPS tracks are all included when, when you uh, sign up. So, um, the organizers say to follow the, uh, the roll chart because it has, you know, the roll chart's very comprehensive. It tells you when there's washouts coming up. It tells you of any like type of hazards that are coming up. Whereas the GPS, you know, just shows that line, doesn't show any of that, um, dangerous stuff that's coming up. So the organizers say to follow your roll chart and use the GPS as an aid. Um, but, uh, you know, some people just follow the GPS and then some people just follow the roll chart. I'm horrible at following the roll chart because I forget to turn it. Um, so I'll usually follow somebody that's using the roll chart and then um, I'll be good to go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll throw a link up in the show notes for this for those of you who don't know what a roll chart holder is. The hardest for the hardest thing for me <laughs> with roll charts is is taping my, my chart in there. But yep. that's good to know. And then, again, people, the sand is no joke. Uh, we have a little bit of sand around here. We obviously have the dunes on the Oregon coast and we have some volcanic black sand bowls that are pretty deep, but I went on a ride a couple of years ago for three days in, um, Urington, Nevada. I think it was about an hour South of Reno. Okay. And, um, I've never experienced sand washes of that length. We have them around here, but I mean, five, six miles, we're just running through these gnarly sand washes. And like you said, 40, 50 miles an hour. So it's kind of a it's definitely a unique experience, not something that we would run into up here in Oregon for the most part. Yeah, those the sand washes are, are my favorite. I mean, I, I love sand washes. I mean, you probably know riding a big board, it's just a blast to haul ass through a sand wash. Um, and uh, last, in 2017, there was a sand wash on the hard route that was 11 miles, and it was pretty deep. <laughs> um and by the time you're by the time you're done with it, your your arms are you have arm pump and all this other stuff because you're trying to hold on loose to the bars, but at the same time you don't want to hold on too loose and let go. <laughs> um, so it's uh, you know it's the ruts and everything, the sand throwing you from one air one direction to another. So steering stabilizer might be helpful too. Yeah, and I would imagine with all the people riding through the sand, if you're bringing up the rear somewhere out there, it's probably pretty tore up too. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Ruts crossing. I mean, you just gotta just go go fast, yeah. and you'll usually be okay. Lean back and pin it. Yep. Okay, that kind of wraps up my uh, my thoughts or my questions about uh, LA Barstow to Vegas, and the website for that is uh, labarstowvegas.com. I don't see anything on there yet for 2019, but you might um, take heed to what Garrett has said. You might look into reserving a room or or digging in and see if you can find any more information for the 2019 ride. Personally, I think I'll I'll do like you said, 
let's try to get a group from uh, the Pacific Northwest to come down and, you know, ride together and see if we can get somebody to chase for us, too. It looks like that is a nice way to go. Um, yeah. Garrett? Anything to add on advantage? Excuse me. Anything to add on ADV Light or SoCal Dual Sport Riders, which you host a large Facebook group for? Yeah. Um, so ADV Light, uh, it's just lightweight, lightweight adventure riding. I mean, in my opinion, adventure adventure riding doesn't need to be on a big bike. Um, I think even going out for the day is considered an adventure if you're exploring new territory. And uh, I think a lot of us would rather be on a lighter bike than a big heavy bike. Um, but uh, that's kind of what ADV Light's all about, just lightweight dual sport adventures. Um, we do some product reviews, tests, uh, stuff like that too. Um, I, I personally seek out those, those products that are you know innovative and that are going to help the sport advance into the future. Um, so if you're into stuff like that, definitely – check us out um socal socal dual sport riders um that's uh it's just it's a facebook group we have about six thousand members uh, a little over six thousand members now and uh predominantly uh all from southern california uh we share rides um we uh share you know pictures we help each other with mods uh any, any questions on how to fix your bike, uh, a lot of stuff on there. And then one of the big things is uh, we, we work with a lot of vendors um, who help support the community and uh, provide the community discounts and support. And um, it's just uh, basically we have it set up so that everyone benefits, both the members and, and the uh, vendors. So um, it's a good, it's a, it's a sweet group. Uh, feel free to check it out. Um, we, we vet it pretty heavily, meaning, um, if you're not in the Southwest region, typically, um, we, you know, we need a pretty good reason to add people, but, um, if shoot me a message, um, and I'd be happy to, to show you guys, um, the group and, uh, see if we can figure something out. So. Sure, and a couple of good points there. I think I, I more than anything these days from Facebook, the value I get is from groups like this, either regionally or like my KTM 500 group. If I have a question about something, it, like literally two minutes after I, I post the question on Facebook, somebody chimes in with an answer and we kind of start to walk down the road or, or the solution. So uh, those types of groups are really helpful these days. And then also with Adventure Light, I noticed you recently did um, – a review on the the giant loop zigzag handlebar bag. Yeah, like that I have one of those. Sometimes you need you need a little more storage, right? You don't want to go crazy or buy bigger saddlebags. I love I love that little handlebar bag. And then um, you know, for carrying gas, I was going to chime in and say, hey, I have the giant loop one of their gas bags, and that thing's awesome. Rolls up really small if you don't have any gas in it. Uh, that's that's also another means for transporting fuel fuel on a long ride. Yep, absolutely. And that's actually going to be probably one of my next purchases is that one gallon gas bag. Um, because it, uh, you're right, it just keeps it all in a nice, uh, compact package. And it's easy to tie down, too. So, um, yeah, good points. Ties in very good with the luggage. And then I, I had a stretch where I needed to go 245 miles with no services kind of out here in, uh, 
northeastern Oregon, so I filled it up and dumped it in my tank when the time was right, and no issues. So it's nice, nice. to have it's nice to have products like that. So yep, absolutely, innovative innovative products like that are what what are going to continue to to push the sport forward. So for sure. All right, Garrett, anything else you'd like to add before you go? I want to thank you for coming on. Really awesome conversation, and it's good to have you. Yeah, no, um, check out check out ADB Light. Check out SoCal Dual Sport Riders. Um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to, to send me a private message on Facebook um, or ADB Light, uh, and I'd be happy to, uh, to answer them for you. All right, guys, that is just about going to do it for another episode of the Ben Motorcycle Adventures podcast. Again, I want to thank Garrett for coming on. ADVLight.com is his website. That's your go-to page for lightweight dual sport adventure builds, gear info, product reviews, tutorials, and ride reports. ADVLight.com. Don't forget about his Facebook page or Facebook group, SoCal Dual Sport Riders. If you're a SoCal guy or girl, you've got a dual sport, you should probably get connected with that group. Interested in the next LA to Barstow to Vegas or LA Barstow to Vegas ride? LA Barstow to Vegas.com. I am confident they will start to populate that site with information about the 2019 ride soon. And I hope to see you guys and I hope to see Garrett down there next year. It looks like an amazing event, an exciting event, and one that's for a good cause. So I'm looking forward to going in 2019. I can't believe I didn't go this year. Totally could have went. BenMotorcycleAdventures.com. If you want to check out show notes from this podcast or any previous podcast, if you want to take a look at the adventures and tours we provide, if you want to look for a little bit of knowledge and some tips, BenMotorcycleAdventures.com. Again, interested in the podcast, click that uh, blog link in the upper right-hand corner and you will be treated to every podcast episode and every blog post that I have ever made. As far as social media goes, at BenMotorcycleAdventures on Instagram and Facebook, Love to interact with you guys on both of those platforms. And as far as podcasts are concerned, whatever medium, whatever directory, iTunes, Stitcher, you know, Google Play, Spotify, however you listen, make sure you click subscribe so that you are treated to the very next podcast as soon as it released or releases. And speaking of that very next podcast, super excited. Speaking of ADV light and, and lightweight adventure builds and lightweight adventure writing, I've got a guest coming on next week who just got back from Mexico. I believe he said he rode 2,200 miles down there on a KTM 500. Uh, he also uses WR250s for lightweight adventure. He's ridden in Utah on the BDR twice. He's ridden on the Colorado BDR twice. He's been down to Patagonia. So this guy is a seasoned motorcycle adventure, drops a ton of knowledge, talks to us about safety and things like that. Um, very excited to have him on. So I think that'll do it, guys. I'm going to get out of here. Thank you again for listening, and we will catch you next week.